Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Right on. You can be seated. You can be seated today. And uh, ah, he almost had me crying on that introduction. That was fantastic. Uh, uh, man, man if, if you are uh, at Journey Church, you're at the right church. I'm, I'm just a firm believer. And um, uh, Pastor Brian Houston, he says this. He says, leadership's always the problem. Leadership's always the solution. And what he's really saying is that, uh, man, things rise and fall on leadership. And, uh, and the reality is, right, there, there's a lot of churches and, and we're all singing the same songs and preaching from the same book, uh, but some do this and some don't. And, and I think leadership ha- has a lot to do with it. And I think you guys, man, and JJ and Liz, uh, come on, don't, aren't you grateful for your pastors? How, how amazing are they? I love the way you lead, man. I love the way you lead with passion. I love the way you lead uh, your family. I, I, just, I love you, man. I, your, your, your passion is contagious. And, uh, and it's just fun to finally get to see it. I got to be at team conference last year, but to really see it, I've, I've heard of your renown for quite a while now, but it is amazing to see it in person. And, uh, and it mattered so much to me that um, I'm like, my church, in fact, we did this today. Uh, we recorded my message on Thursday and like, our church can watch the video. I'm going to Journey this Sunday. And uh, so we played the video at our church this, this, uh, this morning, but, uh, but what an amazing church you have. Also, if it's your first time here, uh, man, just, ah, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. If a friend invited you, it's because they love you and they want what's best for your life. And, uh, and I just encourage you, uh, before you just come once and you're like, eh, man, give it a season. The thing I always encourage people when they, when they come check out our church, don't just give it one crack. Don't just, don't, don't just give it one time. Uh, come on, some of you, you, you'll give Netflix more than one episode. So, so, so maybe give a season. And, uh, and I'm telling you, if you do, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, you'll be better off for it. Well, um, open up your Bible with me, if you would. I I got a message that's really in my heart, and and I wanted to stay in the vein. You know, when I come here, it's really to serve you. Uh, It's not to preach at all, honestly. Uh, It's really just to come, maybe deposit, uh, you know, what's on my heart. So I I love that you guys have been in a prayer series, so I'm going to preach on prayer. Is that okay? Cool, cool. Eight people are okay with it. This is going to be awesome. Okay, cool. Right on. Is that okay? Is it okay if I preach on prayer? Stay in the vein? Okay, cool. This is going to be so much more fun if you're with me. Okay. Uh, Luke chapter 18 is where we're at. Luke chapter 18. And then we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 38 as well. Before we jump into that, I do want to just show a little picture of uh, my family. Uh, go ahead and throw that up. So th- uh, so th- that is my beautiful bride, Christina Gard. Uh, she is the best preacher in the family. No question. Uh, she's amazing. We've been married uh, um, coming up on 15 years. I've been together um, over 16 years, been together a long time. We met on a blind date uh, in college. Every once in a while they work, man, every once in a while. And then these are our twins, uh, our boy-girl twins. This is Adriana Grace, who owns me. Uh, Addie Grace is what we call her. And then, uh, and then we too have a son named Justice, middle name Andrew, my namesake guard, and, uh, and they are awesome. Now, uh, this picture was taken, um, 
actually a little over a month ago. Uh, they're nine months now. At six months, he was 24 pounds. So he is eating other small children all across our church. And so he is amazing. Uh, I love, love, love uh, our family. And I'm gonna actually share a little bit uh, of, our, of our journey. But I wanna preach today uh, from this topic. What do you do when? What do you do when? Come on, you, you ever been praying for something and maybe it doesn't happen in the time you think it should happen? You ever been praying for something and it doesn't work out the way that you think that it would work out? My question to you very simply is this, what do you do when that happens? How do you process it? How do you navigate it? I wanna preach a little bit from that. Luke chapter 18, verse one. I love Jesus because he, he told stories. He said this, it says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'm gonna give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And then just skipping down a few verses in verse eight, Right? Jesus says this, he says, when the son of man comes, will he find such faith on earth? Isaiah chapter 38, verse one, this man named Hezekiah was a king. He came face to face with life as we all do from time to time. And it says in Isaiah 38, verse one, it says in those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos came to him. And he said to him, thus says the Lord, set your house in order for you shall die you shall not recover, super good news. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed to the Lord and said, please, O Lord, remember how I've walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, go and say to Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, Assyria, and I will defend this city. Come on, let's pray together today over the preaching of God's word. Lord, uh, ah, it's so good to be in your house today. Lord, we know this because the scriptures tell us and we're oftentimes confronted with this, better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. So Lord, I pray that when we leave here today, God, we would indeed believe in that. God, I'm grateful, God, that you have given us your word, that we might grow, we might develop. And God, I pray you'd give me words to share. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen, amen. Uh, remember the days, now, now you are you're a pretty young church, not in terms of age uh, you know, of your church, but in terms of the average age in this room. I see a lot of, a lot of young people, that, that's an amazing thing. Um, so if you are maybe under 30, under 35 in this room, uh, I'm gonna have to bring you along for a journey. Now, now if you are, no pun intended, if you are 30 and older, uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna know what I mean. But do you remember going places, uh, driving to places, maybe places you've never been before, before you had a smartphone? Come on, you remember, you remember what that was like before you had a smartphone and you could just punch in the name of your destination before you could just say, you could just type in restaurants and a bunch of restaurants would come, you, you, you could just type in gas. But, but before these days, remember, remember just before these days, there was a thing called MapQuest? Like if you're 21, you're like, what is that? I'm about to tell you. And remember MapQuest, you'd, you'd go online and you'd have to, first of all, you'd have to know the address. Right? You'd have to know the address, right? 
And so you would type in, you, you couldn't just do like, you know, my, my current location. They're like, I don't know where you at player. Like, I, I don't know. You got to type it in. You need to help me. Right. And, and so we'd have to put in the address and then we'd have to put in the address of where you're going. And then remember you'd print it out. <laughs> you have to print it out and then you get your little three pieces of paper, you staple it together. And then you would entrust the person sitting in the passenger seat, tell you where to go. And they're like, hold on. And they'd flip the page, go to the next page. And those were the days. Those were the days, right? And there was no rerouting, rerouting. There was no rerouting, right? You, you know, and, but now I'm going to take you back even further before MapQuest. Before MapQuest, now again, some of you, you don't even know about this. Remember when you just had to call your friend and they would have to give you directions and you'd have to write those Bamas down. You'd have to write them down. And sometimes there wouldn't even be like street names. Sometimes it's like, hey, take a right at the White Rock. Hey, you're gonna see a little farm. There's a goat there. Take a left. Like, remember, remember they, they would give you some, like, you know, some things to see, some, some markers, and, and you'd write them all down, and you, you, you would drive, and you're like, have we got to the goat? No, we haven't got to the goat. Keep driving. You have these kind of moments. And, and, then, and then what was, if they were a really good friend, right, if they were really savvy, they would give you some, like, you know, some things, some, some mentions in there that will say things like, and if you've gone to the train tracks, You've gone too far, right? They were a really good friend. And, and, and then what would happen sometimes is you'd get lost. Again, there was no rerouting, so you would get lost. And now again, these are like, these are the good old days. Remember when you were driving and you felt lost? Maybe sometimes you maybe get in a fight with the people in the car because there was always that tension of when do we stop and ask for help? When do we stop at the gas station? Come on, you, you remember stopping and going into the gas station? And saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, for 20th Street. Um, I, I can't seem to find it. And what's interesting is a lot of times when you would go into the place, this would happen to me almost every single time. Because you'd be driving and, they would, and it would, on your directions that you hand wrote, it would say things like, once you take a right, you're on that road for three miles. And then you're going to take a left. Well, when you don't know where you're going, time seems longer. Right? When, when you don't know where you're going, it always seems longer. So there'd be times where you were driving for two miles, but it felt like five. And you're like, I'm pretty sure we passed our turn. So you would stop. Almost every time I would stop, the gas station attendant would always say, oh, honestly, you're just another mile up the road. You, you have to keep going. And what's interesting now is we live in a day and age where you and I no longer have to stop and ask. And I gotta be honest, I think it's impacting our journey with God. I actually think it has implications deeper than just this, this random thing that just makes it more convenient. Because I, I think it's actually training us in such a way to just do life. And we have so much information. We have so much you know, at, at our fingertips that we are less inclined because we don't stop and ask for help in our everyday life. Why would I stop and act, actually ask God, hey, am I on the right track? And so we're being trained, we're being groomed, if you will, to not have to stop. And if once in a while you happen to stop and say, God, am I going in the right direction? God, am, am I in your will? God, are you pleased with what I'm doing? If, if you happen to do that, very rarely will we do that long enough. Usually we might do it once or twice. We might pray for something. We might ask God for something. And then if it doesn't happen, we give up. 
And, and can I just say, there is something in my life that plagues me. There is a question that always torments me and it's this, what if? What if? Uh, what if you and I wouldn't have stopped short? Uh, what if you and I would have kept going a little further? Well, what if we would have just, just kept, uh, what, what if we didn't stop so easily? What, what if we weren't so easily discouraged? Oh, what if the next time I prayed for that was the breakthrough? Come on, oh, what if God was actually just wanting to see, do I really want that thing or do I not want that thing? And you and I have to be really, really careful because, because in the same way that, that I think there is a prayer life that God wants you to develop for a particular reason, uh, the enemy of your soul doesn't want you to have that. This, the ways of this world doesn't want you to develop that. And so it has a strategy. And let me tell you what the strategy is. When, when I was a kid, uh, my mom and I, we, you know, we would go to some store. We'd go to, you know, I was, grew up in the Pacific Northwest in the Seattle area. And, and uh, so we would go to these stores where, you know, it had a little bit of everything. And I would always make a beeline towards the video games. Like when I was a little kid, I'd make a beeline towards the video games. And, and let's call this the Sega Genesis era, right? And, and, and I, I remember uh, I would go to the video games and I'd be like, mom, 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 mom. Like, can I please get a game? Can I please get a game? And let's say that game was Altered Beast, hypothetically, right? And I would go, mom, can I please get a game? Now, now my parents were smooth. My parents were very smart. And so th this, is, this is what my mom would say. My mom would say, okay, okay, I got a deal for you. You can either, I I'll, I'll get you one game. If you want a game, I'll get you a game. Or I'll get you three candy bars. Well, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but three's more than one. I'm a simple man. So I'd go, mom, of course I want three candy bars. Of course, right? And she would put down her $1.50 for the three candy bars and she would get me a candy bar, saving her like 40 bucks. For years, I didn't know this was happening. Every day we'd go to Target. Mom, can I please, can I please get a game? You can have a game. I'll get you a game. I'll get you one game. Get you one game. Or you can have three candy bars. You're good. You got me again. Three candy bars, please. And this would happen again and again and again. You want to know what's crazy? Is To be honest, sometimes I still fall for that and so do you. Because what the world will always try to do is the world will always try to give you less and make it look like more. Always. The world will always try to offer you less and try to fluff it up, try to pump it up and make it look like more. I wonder how many times you and I have stopped praying for something because we were misled to think that our prayer got answered. I wonder how many times we were praying for something and because the world gave us less, made it look like more, we went, wow. And God's going, wait, what? That's not even what you were praying for. That's not even what you were believing for six months ago. That's not even really what you wanted. It just felt like more. You and I gotta be really, really careful. This is why we gotta keep contending, why we gotta keep leaning in, why we gotta keep asking. And here's my point. My only point today is this. Persistence in prayer is not a nuisance to God. It's a demonstration of desire. Persistence in prayer, it doesn't bother God. You don't annoy God. You might annoy other people, <laughs> but you don't annoy God. 
In fact, Jesus wanted you to, God wanted you to talk to him so much that he sent his son so that you and I could have direct access to God. So when you pray, you're not bothering God. When you're contending for something over a long stretch of time, I just think we give up too soon. I think God wants to see how bad do you really want? Do you just want it because your neighbor has it? Come on, come on. Do you just want it because you think you should have it? Do you just want it? Or, or, or is this a desire of your heart? Because come on, when you want something, you don't give up on it so easily. So you and I got to be steadfast in praying through. You and I got to be steadfast. In fact, I love what's going on here in Isaiah chapter 38. It's an incredibly fascinating story. Because in Isaiah chapter 38, verse one, it says, in those days, Hezekiah became sick and he was at the point of death. So it says, Hezekiah knows he's sick and he's at the point of death. And Isaiah, the prophet, now again, this is Isaiah. Like they named a whole book about after this brother. You know what I mean? Like this is the prophet that is foretelling about Jesus hundreds of years before Jesus comes onto the, onto the scene. This is the most famous process, uh, prophet we have in the Bible. It says, Isaiah comes to him and says, thus says the Lord, set your house in order for you shall die, you shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. <laughs> you ever uh, encounter like a Captain Obvious? <laughs> Have you ever been annoyed by somebody that says something that you already know and you're like, yeah, dude, I knew that. Uh, this is why you have no friends. I remember, um, uh, this is like maybe mid-20s, you know, uh, and um, this guy came up to me and, and I, I knew this guy really, really well. I, I knew him really, really well. But, but, but you ever have someone look at you and they look at you like they're examining you? They, they look at you, they're like. And he was looking at me, he was examining me, made me feel kind of weird. And, and, and I'm like, what? And this, this is what he said, this is what he said. He goes, man, you're kind of starting to lose your hair. Like, this is why you're single and have no friends. This is why nobody likes hanging out with you. This is why you're going to be alone forever. <laughs> now, I knew that. I knew it was going, thanks a lot, Captain Obvious. Like, I, I knew that. Now, now, think about this. If you're Hezekiah for a second, like, he knows he's dying. He knows this is it. Like, like he, he knows. He's, he's, he's the one actually living through it. And the famous prophet Isaiah shows up. And Isaiah shows up and he's like, hear ye, hear ye, the word of the Lord. Now, if I'm Hezekiah, let's call him Hezzy for short. If I'm Hezzy <laughs> and I'm hanging out, I, like, I'm expecting something amazing. I'm expecting something incredible. And, and, and Isaiah shows up, hey, hey <laughs> gonna die, bro. Get your affairs in order. It's not looking too good. Now, 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 the reality is like, he didn't need Isaiah to tell him that. He knew that. You and I got to be really, really careful about the voices we listen to. Because, because the reality is this, is that life is going to find all of us, doesn't it? You've been through some things. I, I, I've been through some things. And, 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 and what you do in those critical times when, when life finds you is going to be really, really critical. In fact, you know, it's awesome, right, to see, the, to see our two kids. I mean, they're, they're amazing. They are so much fun. They're absolutely incredible. And, uh, but, but the reality is, Christine and I, man, we prayed for kids. We practiced having kids. We had a great time doing that. Like, I mean, we just, we believed God. 
And, uh, and, and honestly, we tried to have kids for almost 10 years, for almost a decade. And, and man, we, we, we were believing God and we were doing all the stuff and, and spending money and praying and believing, couple, coupling the pragmatism with faith. And, 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 we, and we would cry out, man. We, we would cry out to God. We would believe God. And in fact, there was this one particular occasion where this is about seven years into our infertility journey. It was undiagnosed infertility. So, th- so there was literally no reason, which is almost more infuriating than when something's diagnosed and you're like, okay, you know, this is, this is the reality. And I remember we were at Publix where shopping is a pleasure. <laughs> I live in Lakeland, man, I gotta say it, you know. And, uh, and, and, and we were at Publix and it was actually the week of Thanksgiving. And this is one of the, like, we had a few moments like this where we were, hundred percent convinced we were pregnant. And so, so on this particular morning, this is seven years into our journey, we've been trying, um, Christina went and got a blood test um, to, to see if we were pregnant. And, and we were at Publix and, and this week of Thanksgiving and we're shopping our carts like half full with, with everything we need. We had a bunch of family and friends coming over in a couple of days for Thanksgiving. And we're there and Christina got the call. And Christina gets the call, this is the call we were waiting for. And she gets the phone call and I could just tell immediately on her face that we weren't pregnant. And if you've journeyed through this at all as a couple, um, I got, you know, as a husband, it's like one of the most helpless feelings ever. It's, it's just a helpless feeling because there's, there was no amount of money that we could go spend. I couldn't go like, you know, make this happen. And, and, and Christine and I, man, God's been very gracious to us. And, and usually when we went after things, it, it would happen. And this was one of those things that we had no control over. And, and now, now think about the juxtaposition that, that you're in when you are shopping for Thanksgiving and you just found out you're not pregnant again. I remember telling Christina, hey, hey, do we just wanna leave the car? We can go home, we can chill. Uh, what do you wanna do? And she's like, no, let's finish. And so with like tears, like slowly streaming down our face, we're going aisle by aisle and getting the turkey and getting the stuff. And I really believe this. It's in those moments where you have to make a decision. It's in those moments where you have to truly decide, okay, like where is my faith? And is my faith just there when we have momentum? Is my faith just there when it's convenient? Is my faith just, or, 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 or when the rubber meets the road, am I like Hezekiah? Because, because he gets told some news and, and he doesn't just take Isaiah's word at it. Again, the greatest prophet to ever live. He doesn't just take his word at it. The Bible says that he turns and he faces a wall. And it says that he just begins to pray. Sometimes you and I got to eliminate the distractions. Sometimes you and I got to get the noise out of our way. Sometimes you and I, man, we just got to get in the space where it is just us and God. And my question is, are you willing to pray for something for 10 years? Come on, are you willing to believe God for something over a long period of time? Because it's going to be at those moments. Because the reality is prayer is a sign that hope still exists. And I love in verse three, right? Because it goes on. It goes on to say is, it says, uh, and he said, please, oh, this is what he prayed. Please, oh Lord, remember how I've walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart. And I've done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and say to Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer and I've seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. Here's an important question. Well, what do you choose to believe? What do you choose to believe? I, I, I think sometimes what we choose to believe, sometimes we choose to believe the loudest voice. Then you have to be right if it's the loudest. We live in a culture right now with a lot of loud voices, right? That's the blessing and curse, curse of social media. Everybody has a voice, blessing. 
everybody has a voice, curse. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> you no longer have to have credibility. You no longer have to earn it. You, you no longer have to put in the work for people to give you a voice. Everybody's got a voice. And, and so, so sometimes what do we choose to believe? We, we choose to believe the loudest voice. Sometimes we choose to believe the smartest person in the room. Sometimes we just choose to believe somebody because they're able to rattle off numbers and, and they have facts. Oh, so, so sometimes, in fact, I, I call it the, the voice of kind of the, the first voice. Sometimes we choose to believe the first person we hear just because they're first. And so we just believe it because it's the voice we've been hearing for the longest. It's the voice we've been hearing most consistently. We just choose to hear that voice. Listen, you got to decide what voices. You get to pick what voices are you're allowing to speak into your soul. In fact, when we were planning the church, like when we were planning our church, our church is coming up on four years. It's amazing, by the way, what God has done in your church in three years. Unbelievable. And, and, and when our church was getting ready to, to launch, um, listen, I, I had some faith people in my corner. You can't do great stuff without, without having some faith people in your corner. That's why I'm so passionate about, you know, when I knew JJ was planning, it's like, heck yeah, we're going to sow in and heck yeah, we're going to believe because I just know what it's like. By the way, I, I love sowing into people early too because like, I, I believed in JJ and I believe that this would happen. But, 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 but you know what? People can always do that on the back end, huh? Come on, I, I love people that rolled with me from the beginning. I love people that rolled with me when it wasn't that cool and we didn't really know it was a thing. I'm about that. Like we have people in our world, we have some faith people that, man, they, now it's like, oh, Gray City. Ah, it's like, yeah, you weren't here when we were eating peanut butter and jelly, homie. <laughs> nice try, but come on, there's room on the bandwagon. You know, that's how you got to live. You know what I mean, right? You, you, you got to be okay. So, so I had some faith people with me early on, but I also had some others. Come on, you have some faith people, but you got some others too. And by the way, sometimes they're even Jesus people. Come on, come on. like early on, we, we had some others. Like I, I remember talking, you ever been excited about something? You're just like, ooh, I'm excited. You ever been excited about something? I don't know what that was, but you know what I'm saying? Like you ever been excited? You just get excited about something and then you share it. And then people have a way, because maybe they're not socially gifted. I don't know what, it, people have a way of just judo chopping you to the throat. Like, oh my, and, and you go share something and then they say something really dumb. Like, like I had multiple people tell me this. I'd be like, oh, we're going to plant a church and, and, and out of central Florida, we're going to plant churches everywhere. And, blah. and they're like, but does Lakeland really need another church? I'm like, first of all, why do you talk like that? Like, why, why do you do that? Why do you speak like that? I had multiple people say, does Lakeland really need another church? Come on, before they ask that, I'm like, I, 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 thought, I thought they did. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I had somebody else, uh, we had this lady that was uh, uh, writing an article before, before we launched our church. And so she wanted to come see the building that miraculously we got. And, and, and she came and I was showing her around and, and we were gonna start the service. Uh, or we were gonna launch the church with two services. Right? We we're going to launch, launch the church with two services and, um, and I'm showing around and she's like, so what time is your service going to be when you guys launch next week? And I was like, oh, we're going um, uh, to have a 9.30 and 11. And she looked around and she's like, why are you going to have two services? How many people do you think are going to come to this thing? <laughs> well, I had thought more <laughs> before that comment. <laughs> Come on, come on, when you have some faith, you're gonna have some faith people with you, but you're gonna have some others that you're gonna have to turn down. You're gonna have some others that you're gonna have to say, ah, nice try, devil, not today. 
you're gonna have some others that you're gonna have to like press through. I'm so grateful, by the way, that Hezekiah, he didn't even listen to Isaiah. He didn't even listen to him. You and I are listening to Isaiah. You and I feel like Isaiah's like, hey, Jesus is coming and you're gonna die. Let's go to sleep now then, like, take it to the bank. But he doesn't. What does he do? He prays and he says, God, you know I've been following you. And now think about this for a second. God gives him 15 more years. That wouldn't have happened if he just laid down. Can I tell you, I mean, when we were driving here, it's like, ah, it's just like alarm bells went off my head. Uh, You know, when we were driving here, we took a left and we passed this cemetery. Some of you might know, there's a cemetery right up the road. And I remember having this, I was looking over my notes this morning, driving here from Lakeland. I was looking at my notes and I looked at the cemetery and I said, I wonder how many prayers went unanswered only because they got unasked. Come on, how many prayers are in this room? Come on, that have gone unanswered simply because, man, they've gone unasked. You haven't been leaning in. You haven't been praying. Or maybe you did for a week and the world gave you three candy bars and you said, this is enough. When God had a whole different thing for you and you gave up too soon and you settled and you said, okay, this is enough. Instead of saying, no, no, God, this isn't what I prayed for in the beginning. God has more for you than you think he does. Oh, I believe that with my whole heart. At our church, we've seen God do miraculous things and I'm like, this is nothing. God has more for us than I think he does. I just just gotta keep pressing in. I gotta keep leaning in. This story with this woman is fascinating because it says, Jesus tells this story, right? There was a widow and she kept coming to this judge and says, give me justice against my adversary. And so the judge says, He refused for a while, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'm gonna give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Jesus says, am I gonna find such faith on earth? I remember when the first iPhone came out. Who remembers like when the first iPhone came out? Remember like, because before that we were rocking, you you were really the juice if you had a razor. Remember the razor? You was a bad man jam if you had a razor. And I remember I went from the razor to the Blackberry and I felt like Jay-Z, I felt great. I felt so good. But I remember, I remember when the first iPhone came out and, and one of my coworkers, he, he came up to me, we were working at a church and, and he says, hey, do you wanna camp out with me? Hey, do you wanna camp out to, to get the iPhone? And now mind you, now, some of you, it's like that makes sense now. At the time that didn't really make sense. Because it used to be companies would make enough product for everybody who wanted one. Now companies are slick. Now it's a marketing strategy to create the demand by making less. But before that, we had never really seen anything like this. So I'm like, A, camping is demonic. So I don't want to do it. I don't like camping. Bed, sleep on bed. That's what I'm made for. So I was like, no, dude, I'm not going to camp out for an iPhone. I don't care if you get it a few hours earlier than me. I'll just go in the store at lunch, over the lunch break and pick one up. So he camps out, comes back to the office that morning, it's eight o'clock, nine o'clock, he's got a new iPhone. And I'm like, man, it's pretty cool, it's pretty amazing. So I go out lunch to the AT&T store, because at that time, AT&T was the only place you could get it. It's not like now, today, you can go get the iPhone from a bunch of different places, you could only get it from an AT&T store. And so I walked in at noon at my lunch break, and I said, hey, uh, I wanna purchase an iPhone. Guy starts laughing at me. (laughs) He's like, 
I'm like, like what? He goes, dude, we don't have any iPhones left. They, they sold out in like 30 minutes. I'm like, what do you mean they sold out? They just came out today. And he's like, yeah, dude, we're on back order now like for two months. I was like, what? I can't get one of these phones for two months? And he goes, let me give you a, a quick little strategy. We're gonna be getting a bunch of them in almost daily. And they're gonna be going to people that have them reserved. But what we're probably gonna be doing is selling like a small hand, like a half a dozen, like to just people that happen to come in to the store. So what I would do is I would call and just see if we get them, call periodically. So for the next few weeks, I called that place every single day, every single day. Every single day I called that place and I would ask them, hey, did you guys get a new shipment in? Are you gonna be selling any in the store? And after three weeks, one phone call, they, they finally said, yes, I just opened up a box and we're gonna be selling like eight of them in the store, first come, first serve. I'm like, I'm on my way right now. Like I was like, I'm getting in the car and I'm driving there. I drive there, get my iPhone, walked out, felt like a champ. Razor, get out of here, right? And the reason why I kept going to AT&T is because like I said, it was the only place that I could get it. Here's what you need to know and understand. There are going to be things in life. There's gonna be things in life that counseling's great. I believe in counseling dramatically. My wife is marriage and family therapist. We believe in counseling, go get counseling. There's gonna be things that happen that man, friendships are great, man, have friends have people that can fan into flame the gift of faith. That's a beautiful thing. But I'm gonna tell you, there's gonna be some things in your life, there is but one place you can get it from. I'm telling you, there's gonna be some things in life that you're not gonna be able to get it from a counselor, you're not gonna be able to get it from a friend, you're not gonna be able to get it from a message, you're not gonna be able to get it from a book. There's gonna be some things in life where only contending in prayer, you will be able to receive that thing that God has for you. So the reality is this, are you, okay at settling for less than God has for you. Because I know that's not what Pastor JJ wants for you and that's not what I want for you. I want you saying, God, I want to get everything out of my life that you have put in there. And so for some of you, listen, for some of you, this is going to be a moment where you pick up a prayer that you have long let fall to the ground and you dust it off. Some of you, you know what those prayers are right now that you're like, man, I, I used to pray for that three years ago and I just kind of gave up because I didn't get that job and I was super discouraged and then I thought I wasn't supposed to go into that industry because I didn't get that job. No, no, you need to pick that, that prayer back up. Some of you, I know you've been trying to have kids. I know you've been trying to have kids and you have some desires on your heart and you've kind of put it down because to pick up a prayer sometimes is more painful than to just put it down. And I'm just saying, man, pick it up again. Pick it up again. Come on, me and Christina had some painful days, but those sorrow may last for a night. Come on, there's joy in the morning. If you and I would just have faith and you and I just move forward. Come on, church, can we stand to our feet today? And I, I wanna ask a couple questions because I just think response is important. And with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, I, I wanna ask two questions. The first question is this. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, no one's looking around. If you're in this room right now and you and I were to go out to lunch and I were to ask you, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Just straight up like that. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? If your answer is no, he's not, or if your answer was, man, maybe I was walking with God 10, 15 years ago, but I've walked away, but today I wanna to come home. I believe this is your moment. So if you're in this room and you're saying, man, I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And that God's gonna start you out on a new life. God's gonna make a way for you to live with him in eternity. By the way, not just when you die, 
starting right now here on earth. And if that's you saying, yep, I, I wanna ask God for the forgiveness of my sins that I might walk with him all the days of my life. If that's you, when I count to three, I'm gonna ask you to just lift up your hand, lock out your elbows and say, yeah, pastor, please pray for me. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to go up and down quick. Just, I just want you to leave it up. If that's you, ready, one, two, three. Go ahead and lift up your hand all across this room. Yep, see you right there, see you right there, see you right there. Anybody else, keep, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. Yep, see you right here. See all three of you right there. See you right there, see you right there. Yep, see all three of you in the back. See you in the back. Yep, see you right here. It's awesome, yep, see you all the way in the back. Man, I see people all across this place. Who is Jesus? He is Lord. Most important thing you'll ever reconcile in your life. It's awesome, you can put your hands down. Second question is this, you're in this room and you're following Jesus, you're walking with Jesus, but man, you gotta pick up some prayers again. You, you just know it, you feel convicted, you just feel like, man, I, I gave up too soon and I don't wanna live my life with a what if. Come on, and you're even saying right now, I'm gonna start praying until I feel God release me. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand all across this room. And I wanna pray for you. God, I pray right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, God, that we would pray bolder prayers than we've ever prayed. But God, not just that we would throw them out once for all, but God, we would pray and believe in you. And God, that we would not relent. God, we would not acquiesce. We would not fall back until we feel released by you. So God, I pray right now, God, that we would dust off these prayers. God, that we would lean more into you. And God, we God, get us over the insecurity of feeling like we're bothering you. God, we know, God, that you sent your son God, that we might have direct access with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, let's stir it up. Let's stir up the gift of faith as we declare this. Come on, lift it up. Come on, let's lift it up. message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life please email us at amen at journeyorl.com and if you would like to support financially you can give online at journeyorl.com give if you're in the area join us on sunday for the full experience have a blessed week <laughs>